Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This conversation with my new friend Strider Patton, a San Francisco-based artist, was very good. He is a soon-to-be father, and so we talked about thoughts of a soon-to-be dad, uh, the benefits of being a vulnerable man, how he wants to create a culture of curiosity in his kids, and then also thinking ahead to what will my child look like when they move out? What will their values be and how will they see the world and how does my daily actions play into that? So the conversation was very rich. I know that you will enjoy it. And this has been a very exciting time for Rebel and Create. We have a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign going on right now. Check it out to launch the Fatherhood Legacy Journal, a journal designed uh, three for a three-month period for a dad to intentionally engage in questions that will help them build the legacy that they desire for themselves and their family. So please go to the Rebel and Create Facebook page or the Rebel and Create Instagram page to check out the videos and the information, which will then link you over to Kickstarter, where you can check out the campaign uh, during the month of November 2019. Very excited. We're halfway funded and definitely want to spread the word. So enjoy this conversation with my friend Strider Patton. Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. I've got Strider. We're actually in Strider's studio in San Francisco. How you doing, Strider? I'm doing well. Glad to have you here. Good to see you again. Heck yeah. How long you guys been in this space? Um, Cameron and I have been in here for, I don't know, a few months now, probably since July. Nice. And yeah, summertime. And it's been a busy summer for both of us, so we're still... Still, still getting it out. things sorted, but nice. we have been making some things in here. Soon to be much more. Nice. <laughs> so you and I—I've heard about you from my friend Cameron for a while now, and then you and I met at Cameron did a rite of passage for his son. Yeah. And you and I met there, and then after all the kids went to bed, uh, and everybody left, you, me, and Cameron stayed up till later than I'd ever stay up now. Yeah, like that 3:30, was a late one. Drinking some whiskey and just having some good conversation. So good conversation. super fun and I totally enjoyed that. And so when I was coming out here, I thought you're about to have a kid. Yeah. It'd be super cool to sit and talk about that. So that's why we're here. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah. I asked you right before this. I guess I'm the first one to be an expecting father. Yep. And... It's been cool to hear, you know, some of the other guests that you've had on and the program's great, man. So it's an honor to be invited and I'll be joining the ranks soon. Yeah, heck yeah. (laughs) I'm stoked. So just before we get started with the the conversation around uh, soon-to-be fatherhood, let's learn a little bit about you. So you live in San Francisco. Yeah. How long have you lived here? Been living here since 2014. Okay, so. and where'd you did you grow up somewhere else before that? Well, I was actually born here. Okay, and um, when I was five, my sister was born, and my grandpa was having health troubles in Iowa, which is where my mom's whole side of the family's from. 
at that point when I was five, the family moved back to Iowa and I was really raised in Iowa. Okay. And uh, small town, farm town, and uh, wonderful place, but I uh, was really excited to graduate high school and go to the world. So <laughs> went right out to Colorado and chilled there for a while and then came back to San Francisco like six years ago. And did you always have this desire growing up? Like, that's where I was born. I want to go back there one day. I kind of had a feeling. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I, I, I always had family still out here, aunts and uncles. So you'd visit cousin. every once in a while? Yeah. We'd always come back. It was like the city that I identified with for oh. sure. And what do you think? Why? What do you, th- why do you think that is? I mean, my dad's an artist and his dad was an artist. So I have this kind of lineage that, you know, is a, a big identity to San Francisco, um, especially more historically. Um, so, you know, it was a creative place and mm. it's, it's just like funky and weird and it's beautiful. And you like that. And I like that a lot. Like and the so- diversity is just always very appealing to me, especially coming from like a 3000 person town in rural Iowa. Right. It's like, I, ha- I kind of had like these two worlds. I was like, Whoa, this is where I was born. And we still go back every couple of years and it's so different right. than small town. Iowa. Yeah, I bet. So, um, you're an artist, so that's what you do for a living. Yes. And is that what you've always done? No. <laughs> like I said, my dad was an artist, right? Um, so he just lives across the Golden Gate in Marin County. Oh, cool. So we get a chill pretty often, but, um, he did large scale steel sculptures. So I really, you know, grew up in a studio learning to make things with my hands, looking, learning to like look at the world and look at other art and kind of fold experience and into a practice. And, but that was always like kind of dad's thing. And, you know, I think like growing up as a boy, you're like, I'm going to do something different. Mm. And but I was always still making stuff and drawing, did photography, graphic design. College came and I wanted to do something different, you know, so I was like, didn't want to go to art school. Um, So I kind of just went to a liberal arts school and floated around and found cultural anthropology as a discipline. I never knew was a discipline. And it just, you know, light bulb moment just took me and it was so fascinating. So. I continued with that, but always making stuff. Yeah. And then moving out here, back to San Francisco, was for graduate school, continuing okay. cultural anthropology. And it was there that I kind of had this like moment where I was like, you know, coming from Colorado, I was like really starting to get more into street art and like spray painting and art in public space. And like, then I came here in cultural anthropology and I have these like two different kind of worlds and you know an aha moment where I was like you know maybe I can combine these so I started to look at you know street art and public art uh, through a cultural anthropology lens and that's where some opportunities came to actually kind of take this to uh, like a way of life that's cool so how many years have you been like this is the way you make a living yeah so I started to get, you know, just like commissions or helping out other artists and, you know, always having some other job, part-time work, lots of restaurants, bars, uh, things like that. And then, I don't know, about like four years ago, I really was at a place that I could 
I was at a place where I was like, okay, um, I, I'm spending so much time at this other job and I'm making more money with my art, but mm. now I feel like that job is just taking time and attention away that if I were to put it that time and attention more towards in my art world, it could expand more. Yeah. And so it's been ever since, but since I found out we were pregnant, uh, I, I did, I have been picking up some more part-time work and it's with a design fabrication studio, which is really cool because ultimately I've learned that like, I, I need to use my hands. Right. Like I, I've done desk jobs and, it's just like it's difficult for me and so i have some part-time work helping out these guys at the studio which is great and learning new tools and materials and all kinds of stuff so nice kind of like going since i never did art school it's kind of like i'm learning some basics with uh some materials and tools that i didn't know before are you enjoying it i am Uh, you know it's not a means to an end it's not the long game i definitely would like my art career to be able to support my family um but you know when we found out we were pregnant it's like how i I gotta stack cash right now and the way i work it's not like i'm not a studio artist so like studio artists you know paint paintings and make little sculptures or photography and they're just like always putting material out but for me coming from like a history of street art and murals i do like large installations so there's just like a few a year, like really big ones. Right. So there's like these peaks and valleys. Right. So to supplement that time in the valley, you know, like right now I have a couple of big projects lined up for the new year. So I'm like waiting for them, but the kid's on the way. So it's like, I got I to gotta stack some cash right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple other questions. And uh, how old are you now? 34. And how long have you been married? Just over a year. Okay. So, uh, just over a year and were you guys like, all right, we're going to get married and then get pregnant or was it a surprise? No, we wanted to start a family pretty much right away. Yeah. And how many kids are in your family? It's myself and a younger sister. And then what about your wife? What's her family like? Only child. Only child. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long you guys been together? You've been married a year, but how long have you been together? Been together, including the marriage, six years. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm 34. She's 33. Definitely grateful. We've been able to live many places and have many life experiences before meeting each other. Mm -hmm. But we knew, you know, right when meeting, it was really serious. Wow, that's cool. And we, you know, told each other family was very important to us. And we both really wanted that. So we knew. That. So do you think you'll have one kid or do you think you'll have multiple kids? What's the conversation? Now? Right now we're talking about having possibly another kid. Okay. Yeah. I think my wife, she had things she loved about being a, a only child, but I think she is also, you know, had some times and sees other yeah, families and it's like, it'd be cool to have two. So as you've been getting ready to become a dad, what has been has there been any good resources to you the last eight months nine months really just talking to other people other men and um i find you know almost with anything where i'm trying to learn something new i want to get like i I just want to ask questions and i'd like to get samples from as diverse of a 
group of people as I can. Has there been a single question that's been roaming around your head that you've asked multiple people? One of my favorite questions to ask kind of anybody is what is the lesson it's taken you the longest to learn? Why is that an important question to you? Because it really makes people think. Like it's a kind of complex question and it forces kind of people to be like, I don't know, think about what they have learned and what's been difficult for them. Yeah. And so, you know, some people just straight up like kind of won't they're like, Oh, I I don't know. Yeah. It's a it's and then some people like really pause for a moment and so, you know, I talk to, you know, friends that are my same age that have kids that are you know in their teens already or you know talk to a 65 year old whose kids who is a grandpa or yeah. something so I like to ask all kinds of questions but so what about specifically for a for a dad so you're gonna be a dad is there a question that you've asked that you're trying to figure out before you have a kid so being in the creative space base as a professional artist there are some other dad full-time artists that I really look to yep. so I asked them you know how do you how do you balance your work and your family yeah that's a great one yeah and so luckily for me there are some incredible examples of dads here in the Bay Area, some of whom I know personally and have been able to like talk to them and they're doing very well for themselves and really supporting their families. And that's just such an inspiration. So has there been an answer to the question that's been helpful, you know, to go? Because I mean, yeah, you're you're an artist and you said there's peaks and valleys and it's navigating that and also the time, right? So it's not just money, but it's the time because you got a big installation. You might be gone for a, a period of time or whatever. Yeah. Has there been any answers that you've gone, oh man, that's that's a great answer? Or is it just yeah. seeing that it's possible that they're, that they're not, you know, a wreck? Yeah, I think it's seeing that it's possible. I think for artists too, you know, it's not like, you can't just sit down and be creative. You know, inspiration comes and it doesn't. And something that I've learned is like it you still have to like show up and do the work. And mm. you know, some days, you know, I sit down to like work on designs and it's just like pulling teeth. It's so hard. But maybe those days are the days I really need to experience because I come out the other side stronger. But it's like for me, like talking to these other artists. I'm interested in how they allocate their time because, you know, you have to, you have to sit down, you have to do the work, but sometimes it just doesn't flow. And when it doesn't flow, like those days, it's easy to count them as a loss, but I see these guys and they're, you know, knocking out just awesome projects, doing really creative work and, you know, and mostly it's encouraging pretty much between every everybody you know I say I'm really worried about like my time like I'm I have more time right now I know when a kid arrives time is going to be even more precious yeah and so what's that like and you know I'm really 
hoping that, you know, a few of them that said something along the lines of, dude, it'll work out. If anything, you'll probably be more inspired. Mm. That is, I've heard that from a few and that's very just wonderful to hear, but you know, it's still in the unknown. You know, I see the shoreline approaching, it's getting closer and I'm like, oh, I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, time is time is precious, like already in my life. And so that's why it's crazy to think about having a kid, um, especially an infant. You know, it's just going to be so much time totally. given to them. Yeah. And um, whatever I can squeeze into putting some work down, you know, when I have that time is going to be an interesting new chapter. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you a question, then we're going to jump more into talking about, all right, you're, you're about to have a kid. So this is, the podcast is Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes, you know, so the idea is dads are sharing their field notes, they're opening up their soul to what they've learned, you know, um, or what they're going through or whatever, and Rebel and Create really became kind of my personal mantra as far as don't just live status quo, rebel against the things, uh, embrace the lessons of life. You know, it's not just one thing. There's always going to be something to rebel against to create something out the other side, you know, because we're about progress and and evolving into the people we want to be. And it doesn't mean that we're, you know, bad today, better tomorrow, but that I, my hope is that I look different tomorrow than I do today, that I've grown from all my life lessons. Yeah. So what's something that you're currently rebelling against and what is it that you hope to create out of that? I think rebelling against distraction is really important. We kind of just talked about, you know, time. Time yeah. has really been on my mind a lot leading up to finding out we were pregnant. And ever since that, it's been like time is like very much on my attention right now. And so rebel against distraction and what I hope to create from that is being more present and intentional with everything. Yeah. What is the biggest distraction for you? I think just kind of like being busy. I, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I'm going to be a lifelong learner. I love learning new things. And that's incredible, but I can also keep myself very busy with that. There's always a new book. There's always another article. There's always another, you know, I listen to tons of podcasts and I think almost to my detriment, like, Mm -hmm. and, and something we all experience in today's world is, you know, the screens and the social media. And, you know, now it's coming out on, uh, you know, these people who have created these apps and technologies are knew fully well what they're doing and they're addictive and they're just made to keep your attention so i heard somebody say it recently it was like you have to decide what to do with your time because if you don't someone else will and we're walking around with these things in our pockets all the time and you know i've heard i heard you reference it on one of your other interviews it's like i i love instagram too I mean, I'm a visual artist. Like that is the coolest thing to see what everyone else is doing. Right. And what's like, you know, trending and what's new and fresh and seeing 
stuff that's old and just you know it's yeah. it's wonderful but it's it just sucks time yeah and that's something i have been purposefully like distancing myself from and i know when a child is here like i'm i I'm, i i see myself like in training right now and i have for the last eight months and now we're three weeks away and so i've been trying to like improve myself in regards to time and attention kind of in preparation like i'm getting ready for something that's cool yeah that's exciting it's exciting and it's i mean i know just from the time we've hung up before that you're a deep thinker and insightful you know and reflect on things so when you think about your time how do you do you kind of like schedule things out and plan it out oh yeah very detailed huh yeah man i do that too i'm obsessed i would say i'm obsessed with time Mm -hmm. but i but i think feel like lately i've also been starting to think about my energy because like the reality is is i am gonna have to work 40 hours some weeks sure or more or less and i might work for eight hours in a day and then come home and have maybe 15 minutes to do something you name it hold your kid play with your kid whatever and sometimes i go dang it i care so much about the kid or the family but if i look at my time as the as the golden ticket of what do i care most about well clearly i worked more but it's just our world right i mean Mm -hmm. i've got to go kill some food and bring it home so then it's like, well, is time the thing that tells me what I care most about or is it the energy and intention? So I've been trying to think too like about my energy and say, okay, how much energy am I going to give to this? Now it might be you know, X amount of energy, but it might be eight hours. And then I have same amount of energy that I'm putting into a 15-minute time with my son skateboarding outside. You know, Like the other night I, was, I came home – and I was sitting on the couch and I was done, dude. Like just such a wreck of a freaking day. And my seven-year-old, she's my youngest. It's dark outside already. I'm, I'm literally in like basketball shorts and a hoodie with my hood on, <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> That's how like, I'm just like zoned out. And she's like, dad, we go out to the um, trampoline with me to jump on the trampoline. And like, I'm just feeling like, I've been up since 4.30, you know. And yeah. I'm like, no, you know, it's cold out. I make an excuse. It's cold out because it's dark now come on dad I'm really working on my flips oh she's six she's gonna mm-hmm. be seven on Monday and so I'm, you know in my head I'm like don't be an asshole just go jump on the trampoline like it's gonna so we go out there she probably did 40 jumps you know one more dad one more but she landed her first flip ever where she landed uh, on her feet yeah. and we're both on the trampoline in the dark I'm wearing a headlamp so she could see where she's <laughs> landing and um and she's like yeah we're both like yes you know like it was it was rad yeah ask me anything else i did that day i don't i don't remember yeah i mean i remember there was this really crappy thing that happened at work but other than that i don't remember mm-hmm. and and we're literally talking eight hours versus 15 minutes and the energy and the excitement and the joy that was in that one was the thing so anyways just as you talk about time i'm obsessed with it so in the energy piece yeah goes i could be really intentional in five minutes yeah i could make this five minutes really meaningful for both you and i definitely so it's something that I've been kind of working on. Yeah. You know? No, you said intention, and I think that's crucial mm. with with coupling with, um, yeah, just attention. Yeah, the like, time we to have. To be intentional yeah. with 
with your time and being fully present, you know, that's, that's something I've been really trying to work on with myself a lot more in prep. And out of that, so prep, so out of the kind of rebellion and paying attention to that, what do you hope to create? Just being able to be present and yeah, just kind of more intentional with, with, you know, many different things like me and my wife are working on, you know, we're going to have an infant and it's going to be just like really crazy new way of life for the first few months. But, you know, once we, you know, we we're very aware that everything is going to be growth. And so there's going to be different time periods. And so we're like thinking about, you know, then it'll be a toddler and then they'll like walk and talk and then they'll be like growing up and there's going to be different time periods. So my wife and I are wanting to come up with, you know, a list of like house values, house principles. And I hear this being talked about, you know, with a number of different dads and families. And so we've started like kind of just talking about what's really important to us and what, how we kind of want to run our house. And so, you know, the outcome of rebellion against distraction would be just like intention, like really Mm -hmm. living with purpose and intent and especially around career, you know, ushering in the a new generation yeah see that's so cool that you're thinking about that right now i think a lot of times we don't even ask those questions until we're like you know in our 50s and it's a a little late it's like my kid's 16 and i'm starting to think about this yeah and it's been a little bit so what are some of the things on that list like what what would you say is one thing that you think is valuable like your kid's 18 they're moving out what is the thing that you taught them or the value that they have I think one of the ones that is really important to us is manners. And so my wife, uh, she's in the arts as well. She comes from a theater background. She started a children's theater studio. Oh, cool. And it's been her way of life. It's doing really well. It's called The Rabbit Hole here in San Francisco. So she works with ages like 2 to 12. Okay, so she likes kids. So she's like in with kids and has developed this incredible philosophy and teaching practice and her whole mission with her studio work is cultivating creative confidence with kids you know she does it through a theater lens but really what she's trying to do is have kids like feel confident in themselves with creativity and she has just developed like the best like I, I used to be helping her a lot more yeah. and then like my work picked up and like, I'll still jump in and like help out with a camp or a class or whatever. And each time I come back and I'm in the classroom with her, I see her skills and her ways of like conducting a class and juggling, you know, anywhere from five to 25 kids. And it's incredible. And so I feel very safe with her and like her skill that she has developed for herself the last five years of running that um so we feel like excited and pretty secure with bringing our own kid into the world and having like a tool set basically yeah that's awesome and (laughs) so with that it's like she works with you know over 300 kids every year right and so she sees lots of things and we live in San Francisco and that's very different than the way I grew up and the way she grew up and it's a different time and everything. So we're like, 
manners is like something that I don't know. Like I so, kind of see it not being taught so okay, much. Okay, so I that's the like. question I was going to ask is like, because on one hand you could go, okay, theater in San Francisco, all these kids are coming in like very proper, great manners. Or is it just kids don't seem like they have the same respect like th- maybe they did? So like, do you feel that there's a lot of, you're saying it's not being taught. So kids need to know manners and they're not taught that as much. Well, I can't speak for her, but right in, and I, I've worked with kids on like mural projects too. Okay. So like we both have a lot of history working with kids and the arts. And so I, she, she was raised with like manners being taught is very important. Please. And thank you. Cleaning up your plate when you're at someone else's house for dinner you know, things like that. And it's not that she doesn't really see that in other kids um, or that I have, but I feel like you kind of can here and there. Yeah. Like like kids stand out when, you know, a five-year-old says, please and thank you. You're oh. like, wow, yeah. I want my kid to be like yes. that. So I totally it's agree. not like we're seeing this like overarching, like, you know, lack of manners or something like in in San Francisco or anything. It's just... Something that's important to us. I love it. Yeah, man, for sure. And I mean, I would say that if you probably look at a group of kids today versus 50 years ago, there's probably less saying, you know, Mr. and Mrs. and please and thank you and that kind of hold the door open. Yeah. My son held the door open for a lady the other night. Oh, we were picking up somebody from one of my other daughter from gymnastics and he held the door open for a mom who was going in. Nice. You know, and I would say that maybe... 50 years ago that was more expected and mm-hmm. i'm just kind of guessing but she messaged my wife on instagram or facebook and told her and hmm. they're not even friend. i mean they know each other but they're not like homies oh, wow. so you know it stood out enough that yeah. it mattered yeah you know um so i th- you know and i'm like yes that's awesome yeah. you know um and maybe even like to go deeper than manners it's um maybe like the the more root place of that would be just i don't know just being like a good person i don't know like like having like yeah empathy just like being able to like see Mm. another person and give them respect you know empathize with them just be like wow so like going back to you saying you know 18 year old gonna leave my home i would like them to be you know have good manners i would like them to have be curious I would like them to know how to ask good questions. I would like them to know how, know that everything changes and that there are stages in life. And, you know, depression is looking backwards. Anxiety is looking into the future, like to be present and be grateful. And, you know, who knows what's going to be in 18 years. Like maybe it's attention is going to be even harder to have. Maybe there's going to be, you know. Who knows what it'll be, but I love that you said curious. Why is curious important to you? Oh man, you gotta know how to ask good questions. Like you, to be an interesting person, you have to be interested, and I mean that's just like the spice of life for me. Like hearing about something, seeing something, and just being able to formulate like questions. I mean, like to go back to like my anthropology, it's like. What makes us different from other primates? Like, there are other tool makers. We developed language. We started to ask why. Why do things happen the way they do? 
we start to experiment, we start to make things, we start, but we're not content with those things. Why can't these be better? What if we did this? And you keep pushing and pushing and iterate and iterate and grow. And now we have this world around us with, you know, the complexity and it is just staggering and beautiful and also tragic. Right. But it's to be able to ask good questions and be curious, I think will lead you places that will give you a fulfilling life. How do you cult, how do you think that you will try to cultivate that in your kid's life? I think, you know, travel is really important to us, really important. And so to be able to go different places and experience different cultures yeah. is really really important to us and something we're going to bring our our uh, up in our family. And so do you think, think you'll start right away or do you think you'll wait? Yeah. Just start making a way of life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we have some family that lives over in England and it's a great place to regularly kind of go um, when we can. You know, who knows what our situation will be. But so far we've been able to do a few trips and it's very good and kind of like a touchstone place to then be able to try to go some other places. And um but if I, yeah, if me, you know, me and my wife have our goals uh, with our businesses, and if we're able to see those through, then hopefully we can be able to bring our family traveling. Yeah. And I think being able to see other cultures and different ways of life, and being able to, it, it just opens your eyes so much more. Like my parents, we, we didn't, weren't able to travel a lot, but a couple of times that I went internationally, it just totally changed the way I saw the world, saw everything. Yeah. There's other ways of doing things. There are other belief structures. There are other traditions. And it's like humbling. Yeah. And you come back. Why is it humbling? Because until you see it, you're just, you're in your world. When Iowa you, with 3,000 other people who look and smell like you. Yeah, and like I said, <laughs> I, I I could come out to San Francisco, and that was like just boom, you know, world is huge. And then I got to do an international trip. High school Spanish class went to Spain. Just boom, another huge level up. And seeing that, it's just not all about me, and it's not all about, like, us, yeah. the United States. There's... You know, it, it's very easy for people to get so in their own mind right. and also in their community, country. That's, you know, that's what we see. It's what we know. But once you get out of that and you go other places, you're like, wow, they're actually not even, they don't care really what's going on in eastern Iowa or northern right. California right now. Right, right. Like everyone's just living their own lives and their struggle yeah, it's crazy it's yeah and there's joy and there's everything yeah but to get out is like a, you know it changed everything for me that's i'd like cool. to same for you my want wife want to do that for her kid yeah, that's cool all right so jumping into okay the, the countdown is on i mean three weeks it <laughs> yeah. can really happen anytime you know yeah. it'll probably be a few weeks yeah but it can happen anytime how have you been a husband because you're in the middle of it. How have you mm -hmm. been a husband to your wife the last eight months as she's going through? I mean, together you're going oh, through something, man. but she's going through something totally different, <sighs> right? 
I mean, she gets to grow a human, yeah. which is pretty bonkers and amazing. How yeah. have you been a husband to her during that time? Uh, dude, it's so crazy. And just want to give mad respect and shout out <laughs> to women because... I mean, we haven't, we're not at the birth yet, but even the pregnancy stage is just like, holy shit, man, (laughs) you women are incredible. And it's, it's hard to be the man because there's not much I feel I can, I can do. I'm cleaning up, I'm doing laundry, I'm cooking dinner, I'm giving foot rubs, and I'm just so excited for this little one to come out because then I can feel like I can actually, oh. like, let me take the weight. Yeah, Because, yeah. you know, now she's in her last month and she's just, you know, so exhausted. Over and it. she's like, yeah, she's like, let's get this show on the road, man. <laughs> but I'm, I've been able, I've been trying to be there just emotionally and physically with, like I said, just stuff around the house, yeah. giving back rubs, drawing a bath, whatever I can do. So Serving. Yeah, yeah. I But emotionally, it's, yeah, I'm just trying to be present and just, you know, not trying to give answers. That's just a trying tough to one, listen. Man. Just trying to yeah. listen and support. Would she say you're a good listener if she was here? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Heck yeah. That's, That's something. Awesome. It's something she showed me. Like, I've... Showed you I've, as in- I've le- leveled up so much more because of her, mm-hmm. and that's just, I mean, you you know, this podcast about uh, fatherhood and also, like, masculinity, yeah. that stuff that we, we talked about previously um, at Cameron's house is just, like, you know, what's the role of men in the world today, and, man, like, her, she, before meeting me, she said that she did a lot of work on herself, mm-hmm. and she really tried to grow as a person and you know she she felt like she did that and I came in at just the right time and I she showed me some new tools and got me to start thinking you know differently and I think that's I mean that's all you can hope for in a partner somebody that shows you the good in you but also like offers you know glimpses to how to be a better form of you do you have a tool an example of a tool that she taught you i mean for me it was just like being able to like open up and try to communicate more when something has happened to me so and i hear this with a lot of men and like when something happens we just like lock up yeah. and we just like shut down just like no i'm good it's all good don't worry about it. whatever it's like no and you can like physically like fists clenched yeah. you're like but and this is something i feel like women are are more open with each other and able to talk about their emotions and what's going on they they have more check-ins with each other and i just feel like guys like don't do that as much and it's to our own detriment because we're like oh no it's okay let's just go grab some beers but not talk about you know, real problems, Until real I'm like struggles, three in and then I'll sh- open up a little bit, maybe. Yeah, but not even. But, that. but yes. then, like the alcohol is like a clutch for yeah. that, and yeah. that's not it's good. Not healthy either. It's crazy. I was just listening to. I, w- I wish I knew the name of it, but this NPR episode of talking about uh, the heart of man or the something of man today, and talking about how you know men don't really have friends like they used to mm-hmm. where they can like if you needed something in the middle of the night 
like right now, who would you call? Yeah. You know, and now it's like men don't really have a list. They're just going to handle it or figure it out themselves. Yeah. And, and then even how our relationship with our wife, like most of our friends and other relationships are through our spouse. We don't have our own stuff. Yeah. Um, and how it's to our detriment that we don't, we're not vulnerable, you know, totally. and, and, and in the episode, it was dope. It was like, I'll, I'll put it on the Instagram or something Yeah. is uh, like as a boy, you know, you and your friend, you'd, you'd, you'd be like, oh, I love you, man. And you, you're really tight and stuff. But then at some point we kind of stop having those intimate relationships with other men. Mm-hmm. You know, we start saying, oh, that's gay or this or that. You know, we, we start to push away because we we can't do that. Like, it's just so weird that that happens because it's so unfortunate because, I mean, I have really close relationships with men. And, and I'd even say it's an intimate relationship sure. where it's that there's this tightness there and it's so important to have that vulnerable relationship with a, like from man to man, yeah. you know? Um, anyways, you, you, I had asked you what tools she taught you and you were talking about being vulnerable with her. Yeah. So it's human, like, and that's huge. Yeah. It's really like, because yeah, I, I grew up in the same, you know, American world that all of us did you know uh, at a certain time period and was fed the things that men should be through society and through my community and through everything and emotional intelligence is not a part of that and so when things are like physically are like wrong we don't even have like the words to really describe it which is like for me now that I'm like seeing this, I'm like, Oh man. So like I, you know, something's wrong. I I can feel it. I need to, instead of like run away from that or shut down, I need to do actually like the brave thing, which is to turn around and face that and go in deeper and be like, what is going on? Like, why, why am I agitated? Well, let me like I like straight up like looked up like a, one of those like color wheels yeah, yeah, yeah. on the internet, and, but it was like emotions because I didn't even have like wow, the terminology, yes. and it, it's really cool. You should like Google it. It's like emotional intelligence wheel. Okay, and they have like a big category which is like anger, and then they break it down into like all these other words and emotions. It's like I, I use that actually as a real tool. That's cool to be like I am pissed right now. And let me look at some other words that might be able to help me better understand why I am. And that has been just like, and I'm still learning, like, by all means, like this, like, I still like something bad happened, you know, a while ago, my wife can see I'm just like, shutting down. Mm. She's like, you're shutting down. I was like, you know, me in the past would be like, no, I swear, it's, it's all good, whatever. And maybe distract myself with until the anything. feeling goes away. Yeah, but, but it doesn't really. Ever but it doesn't fix go away. Whatever it is that the feeling's pointing to. Yeah, and that yeah, that's so good because if more well, if us men can embrace vulnerability and create a language around it to to go, I'm really feeling sad right now. Yeah, you know, uh, just even verbalizing it is so helpful to go, I'm feeling sad. And then to be able to, you know, point to why, but I love how you said you don't have it figured out and I, we never will. But the fact that if we're willing to talk about it and we're willing to be vulnerable and we're willing to make it of a lifelong lesson 
Yeah. We're always going to be learning. Now, the hope is that we level up through experience and time and relationships. But really, I mean, like you're saying with your wife, really the way we do that is letting somebody in like close enough to us to allow them to see every facet of us that we can get called on our shit and then be okay with it. You know, because you said your wife will say, um, you're shutting down. Yeah. And the fact that you're okay with, because like in the moment, at least me, maybe not you, in the moment when I get called out, sometimes I immediately go to, we talking, yeah, defense, yeah, right? Totally. So sometimes, I mean, my wife and people on my team could attribute, like, oh, yeah, that's true. He might be kind of a dick in the moment, but then, you know, maybe an hour later I'll call back or, you were right. Hey, you were right. I got offended in the moment, but you were right. You yeah. know, so I'm, and I'm trying to get quicker at not having it be, you know, realize you're about to get defensive. So just own up right yeah. now. And what's Take interesting time. is like, it's like when you have like that kind of physical reaction to something, it's like your body is trying to, it's like telling you. It like knows it's before like, you know. It's like, hey, dummy, yeah. something's going on. And me in the past, and I know a lot of other guys, it's like, oh, just run away, you know? And it's like, numb. Let's go get a beer. Let's be distracted by Instagram for three hours. Let's do whatever. It's like, no, your body's actually like telling you like, hey, something's going on. So I feel like it's really like an effort of like bravery to like turn around and look into the darkness and be like, what is going on? And walk into it. And you're if you can find something and you can find tools to like better understand those things, you'll better understand yourself. And I think you can navigate the world better if yeah. you can better understand yourself. But everyone's like, you know, distracting themselves or numbing themselves and I think everybody wants it. I think I think the things you and I are talking about people want it's just getting the message out more like that's okay let's let's not distract ourselves find the language you can do it you know let's talk about it let's not just pretend like we're supposed to be cool and awesome and happy all the time yeah you know definitely Um, because that that's where i think you know all the not all though but a lot of the mental health issues that we all have in the dark uh happen because we're afraid to even show them in the light because we're you know the stigmas around it but i think it's becoming less i think it's becoming less so, all right, you are about to have a kid. What is your? What are you most excited about? I am most excited about, man, just teaching everything. I mean, I've our, our friends just had a baby two months ago okay. over in Oakland, so it's really cool to like be, you know, yeah, right you there, to, yeah. like. The women were pregnant together, and then one of them just had a kid, and we're about to follow up with ours. And so it's really incredible to see them. You know, it's like a little two month preview. Of yeah, exactly. Ahead of That's us. kind of helpful. <laughs> so um, it's you know just they're they're so brand new to ev- everything, absolutely everything. So I think for me, I'm so excited about thinking about how to usher them into the world and you know to show this little kid how everything works and like i said i'd ask good questions once she learns how to talk (laughs) and what are you most nervous about oh man i mean just straight up like infancy the first 
the first six months like they're so delicate but like I said I know things change and there'll be stages and this little one will be my little one until I'm gone and so mm. there will be different stages which all will have different points of being scary you know first time she goes off to school first time she you know gets like really hurt the first time she gets her heart broken first time you know she I don't know leaves home and um, there's all kinds of different scary things but I think you know immediately it's like oh man you know I've, I've been just loving as much sleep as I can get because I know <laughs> that thing's gonna go so I'm I'm uh, kind of nervous about the little bit of sleep I'll be getting because I, I found out I really need like a lot of sleep for me to like operate at a really good level so but it's all good yeah. it's I, I know that's something that is just coming my way and I know it'll be worth it dude man <laughs> I'm like almost teary-eyed over here uh, uh, I guess not almost I am um, dude you got a big heart and Thank you. hearing how you already love your daughter is just, it's good, man. It's good because I just believe at my core that the world would look different if more men were engaged as their, as, as a father, yes. if they're a father. And then especially if daughters were loved by their fathers in a, in a, in a healthy, engaged way, yeah. the world would look different. And and so to hear you already talking and thinking about these things um, is just amazing. And I hope that other dudes who are about to have kids or have kids, you know, think about it that way. And you said this comment that you will be, she will be your little one until you're gone. Mm -hmm. You you just, in one little sentence, you just pointed out like you are going to be her dad for your whole life. Yeah. Fatherhood isn't like this. Make all right, I got to get them to they're 15 years old and like self-sufficient. And 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 I mean, I know just by hearing you talk you're not the you know, the helicopter parent their whole life, but you are taking on this responsibility that you are this human's father your whole life. Yeah. And regardless of the stage they're in, the good ones, the bad ones, the fun ones, the hurt ones, you're there. Like all those scenarios you said, you're there. You know, to what level and the presence that you have, I'm, I I know that you'll be aware of how you should be there. Uh, oh, but if everybody, if we would all do that, it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Dude, it's exciting. You're going to be a great dad. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're going to be a great dad, and I know you're going to have so much fun being a dad. And even the way you talk about your wife is really, really beautiful. Oh, I, I just tell you love her so much, man. She's my teacher and my my partner and my the best. She, I'm better because of her. Mm. And and she would say the same. Or her, her to, that you're better because of her? <laughs> yeah she's probably taught me more than i've taught her but yeah and and then we get to teach our girl together, together so yeah you know, like i said with my wife's company it's you know she's with her style of education and the arts it's you know it's not our job to mold kids it's to find 
their interests and cultivate those like you know nature and nurture it's a blend of both you know some kids come out like yeah the kids already have personalities and but then they know nothing of the world we have to teach them and so it's it's a combo of both but you know working with kids it's like they they have curiosities of their own they have interests of their own and i think that's something we're really starting to see you know with problems of standardized education in this world today and you know seeing glimpses of you know moving away from that which i think is amazing because we need it yeah it's just this industrial form that has been unchanged for over a hundred years and the world is very different place and and we have so many new tools and abilities to like really look at childhood education and so to really see the curiosities and fascinations and skill sets in kids and just light that fire under those areas and bring them up I think is you know what what we're gonna do for sure Mm. I think it's cool that what you said there is is letting them be curious helping find their interests they don't have to follow in mom and dad but what are the things that are interesting to you let us show you lots of different options not just this kind of a let's just say American standard way to go which is Mm -hmm. slowly I think changing you know be nice if it changed faster but it's up to you and I right yeah to 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 make that happen um but yeah we just find the interests that our kids have you know and I think it's cool too with my own kids is they're all interested in different things sometimes I'm not interested in the thing they're interested in yeah but as a as a I don't want to say good dad but as an intentional father I want to uncover that a little bit with them you know help them ask questions around that and and spark the interest yeah which i think i mean just hearing you talk that's what you're saying that you want to do yeah so dude i've really enjoyed this conversation it's so uh it's fun to talk to somebody who's like on the brink of this (laughs) to go this is all kind of and you're already thinking about all these incredible things so it's exciting to see and then you know um be cool to catch up in like six months and when you have tired eyes yeah and uh (laughs) and but now this this human is is in your hands and you're getting to go through the stages and i think that's a thing is you or not the thing but just something on my mind is you talked about time and intention and i would say to just enjoy each stage yeah is like the next thing to light the interest and to do this and to do that but like the infant stage it might seem forever but just to fully be in that stage and enjoy it i think that i started realizing that really with our fifth kid wow yeah with our fifth kid i think i enjoyed the baby stage the most Hmm. part of it's because i knew you know i could drop her and she'd be fine you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) because we've been through it all yeah but um but yeah, it's just enjoying those stages. I was more mature. I had our first kid. I was 21, you know, so yeah. you, you definitely have the jump on that. But dude, I'm excited for you and your wife. I'm excited for your child coming into a healthy, loving home. What Thanks, a man. freaking gift right uh, there. Yeah. You know, um, so so yeah i'm excited for you guys and uh yeah thanks for sharing your your fears your excitements and your insights on becoming a father yeah well it was an honor man and thank you for yeah i i got some great things back from you did you you've been through a lot more than me and so 
I'm just picking up all all the little tips I can from everybody right now. So I really appreciate it. Right on, Strider. Yeah, maybe we can do a part two sometime. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Thank you. All right, thanks. What another great conversation around fatherhood. Great hearing from a man who is about to step into the adventure of fatherhood and his excitement and intentionality that he's already bringing into that family unit. Uh, How encouraging and just hope that all men who uh, find themselves entering into fatherhood will have that same engagement. A couple things that I loved hearing him talk about was just talking about his daughter and some of the stages of life that she's going to go through and that he, as a man and as a father and dad, will be walking with her alongside all of those. That was super rich and I loved hearing that and also, you know, thinking ahead uh, as we are on this adventure that we're navigating knowing where we'll be and we might not always have control over everything that happens but knowing the men we want to be on that trip is uh, helpful because then we're not just thinking about it as it arises make sure to go to rebel and create facebook and instagram right now like those pages check out the kickstarter campaign please get yourself a journal Uh, we have another few weeks of the campaign and we want to get a lot of these journals shipped out in early December so that you guys can have them on January 1 to start the new year with this awesome fatherhood legacy journal. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to the Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's continue to rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Fatherhood.